2: We are re-recording the intro at the end of the episode because what we ended up talking about for 45 minutes was a remarkable deep dive into relationships and hookup culture and situationships in modern day college and high school life. And for anyone who has any questions about what kids are experiencing today in terms of how they interact with each other physically and emotionally. This episode is unbelievably rich and full and gives you five different perspectives from five young women about what that
1: side of life is like. So gratitude to our incredible interns. Buckle up because this is quite an episode.
2: Vanessa, I'm so excited that our Zoom screen is filled with all of these faces.
1: There are some very young, vibrant faces on our Zoom screens. It's not like the normal middle-aged people we're normally staring
2: at. No, they're not that young. They're all between 19 and 21, everyone who's on this screen. They are the interns who work for UMLA. We call them our ambassadors. They write all of the content on our puberty portal. They guide us and tell us what's really going down and they're going to introduce themselves right now, one at a time. So everyone, if you want to just say who you are and where you're Zooming in from, we will get this ball rolling and then we'll tell everyone what we're going to talk about. Rebecca, will you start?
0: I'm Rebecca. I'm Zooming in from Los Angeles and I'm really excited for this podcast episode.
3: I'm Peggy. I'm Zooming in from Illinois, and I'm also super excited to be here. Thanks for having us back for a second episode, Cara and Vanessa.
1: The last one was everyone's favorite episode, probably so they didn't have to listen to me and Cara quite so much. I know.
3: It's the
2: highest rated. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will be the hosts of the Puberty Podcast soon.
4: Katie,
1: you want to jump in?
4: Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Zooming in from Providence, Rhode Island, and I'm super excited to be here. This is my first episode, so... I'm ready to dive in.
1: Woohoo! Okay, Amanda.
5: Hi, guys. My name's Amanda. I'm in from New York, and I'm very excited.
1: Last but not least. Hi, I'm Isabella. I'm
6: zooming in from New Haven, Connecticut, and thank you for having me on this podcast.
1: So tonight's episode, and I'm saying tonight because when you work with people between the ages of 19 and 21, you have to do it at night when they're done with all their many other responsibilities. I've had like 18 cups of coffee today so that I can keep up my energy with you all. So tonight's episode is about calling us all on the BS that we assume and think we know about your lives. Is the concept of hookup culture that the media talks about all the time? Is it real or is it BS? And if it Is real, what is it actually like? So we're going to just let you all dive in. If someone wants to start, if you can't remember the question, I'll say it again. Just tell me. But is it real or is it just a media fantasy? Yeah, Katie.
4: I would definitely say it's real. I think everything has been stepped down on a level of like casualty, everything is casual, relationships, friendships, everything has become a little bit more blasé. There's not really sort of a, you know, go meet the parents, you know, go on a date. It's more, oh, I see you at a party. Let me get your number and then we'll probably hook up. Dating is sort of the end all be all of everything now. It's not going on a date is not considered dating. You're only dating if you're like, if you're you're your significant other. So like hookup culture is definitely real.
1: It's sort of the order of operations is different than it used to be. Is that a fair thing to say, Katie?
4: Yeah, for sure. It's more of... I think there was some confusion, I know, with my parents, where it was like anytime they asked me or anytime I mentioned a boy, they'd be like, oh, are you dating him? And I was like, absolutely not. No way. No way. Because dating has such like a specific meaning now. And it's so exclusive. And it's such a big deal, at least... And my friends are like what I've experienced. So it's more of like, oh, we're talking or, oh, we're friends, kind of with that like underlying
3: notion that it might be more than friends, if you know what I mean.
2: Talking on text. There are so many head nods happening. Um Peggy, pick it up.
3: I think that like in terms of like order of operations, but you guys were just talking about, like, I feel like it's so, so blurry. And at least for me, like super confusing. I was just in my first like real kind of serious, exclusive relationship with this guy in the spring. And I remember like telling my mom about it and saying, you know, we're dating and we were exclusive. And she's like, so he's your boyfriend. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can use that word. Like we haven't really had that conversation yet. Like, I don't know if I would call him that. And I think generationally, it's just so different that she was like, oh my gosh, like if I was in your position when I was in college, like he would have been my boyfriend, like as soon as we had that talk about being exclusive. And I was just kind of like shocked to hear about how different it was. Like, it just feels like there's no no three-step plan. There's no order of
1: operations for anything. It just happens how it happens. Peggy, does it feel like bad when you're like, I don't know if I can call him your boyfriend or is it like, Oh, I don't know if I can call my boyfriend. I guess we'll see. Like, I wonder for adults, if we're kind of placing judgment on it, that doesn't exist.
3: Yeah. I think that like If you take away all external factors, I felt fine with that because I was happy. But definitely, like having people ask me that, like I felt like there was a certain pressure that was placed on me to like have a label for whatever the relationship was instead of just like existing in whatever rules that like the two of us had come up with.
1: And I want to put a pin in a question to come back to later because I want to get to everybody else's voices. But what does exclusive mean? Does it mean you're only being intimate with that person does it mean something else so i'm just going to i'm going to put a pin in that question and we'll come back to it and isabella will you jump in
6: yeah um just going off of what everyone's mentioned it's so i think at least in my experience and for my friends a lot of hookup culture is just ignoring or avoiding the label and also not willing to settle for something that makes you happy and always looking for something that's better. And I don't think people realize, at least the culture that I'm kind of exist in right now, they're seeing someone who makes them perfectly happy, but they always find like the tiniest little thing wrong. And it's never going to be perfect, but they always just hold on to the idea that there's going to be someone else out there that's even better. And I feel like that's why you don't really publicly tell society that this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend or whoever, you know, it's just like, that's at least in my experience, I feel like is a reason why people are so, they don't want that label, you know?
2: It's funny when you say that, because I think this, uh, we used to call it the BBD, the bigger, better deal. And so I think <laughs> Vanessa's I've like never really
1: heard that phrase well, and I that, was concerned about what the acronym was going to stand it, I for. I know. <laughs> well, you had
2: already come like it took you a nanosecond <laughs> to come up with something that was totally anatomical. Um, so <laughs> do I My know special what? talent, what can I tell you? So but it's interesting because I think the idea of looking for the bigger, better deal has always been around, but I think you're right that it has transformed the relationship structure a little bit today. And maybe one of you will mention this, maybe it has something to do with social media and, and dating apps and you know all of the swipe right, swipe left culture of it all, or maybe not. I don't know. Rebecca, you want to pick up?
0: Yeah. So hookup culture is definitely real. I remember when I got to college and I had to learn how to Snapchat people because I was never a big technology person and I didn't have a Snapchat until very late in high school. And I felt like such a grandma and I was 18 years old (laughs) and I was a freshman in college (laughs) because I had to learn you have to wait a certain amount of time to open the Snapchat and then you have to respond a certain way. And then there's this game of are they not going to respond? So maybe I shouldn't respond. And why did they not respond? And there was a bunch of terminology, like being boxed and left on Mm red, And I didn't understand why it was so complicated. Why couldn't I just text the person or like talk to them in person? (laughs) For some reason, now (laughs) I'm like trying to get the good lighting in my apartment And my friends are watching me like try to take this picture with only half of my face showing with a text message that says it's good. Like it was so (laughs) stupid. And then I started hooking up with somebody who is now my boyfriend. But I remember just thinking, oh, I'm just another girl to him. Because to me, hookup culture didn't mean you could start dating them. Like the person that I'm now dating, we were exclusive to bring that term back before we started dating. And I remember telling my parents, I've been hanging out with this person and we're not going to hang out with other people anymore, but we're not together. And in the moment, it made so much sense. (laughs) It was like, of course we're not dating. We haven't been together that long. And now looking back on it, I have no idea what the difference was between that and what we were before. And now that we're dating in the moment, it definitely felt important, but I don't really know what it is. I wouldn't be, it's like this, you're seeing each other and you're not seeing other people, but it's a test run to see if you actually want to start doing official things. And if you go on dates and you're not dating, like that's weird.
2: I I feel so much better because (laughs) I thought I was confused just because I'm older than you are.
1: (laughs) And now I understand that it's truly confusing. It's confusing. Um, Because on top of this, and then Amanda, I'm like desperate to hear because the other question I have is, is hooking up sex? Is it everything but sex? Is it everything and sex? Like in my household, my kids think it's sex and my mother thinks it's sex, but I don't think hooking up means sex. So this is like, you can add this to your list of very important questions to answer. Amanda, please...
5: Okay, just to touch on what you just asked, I think it's not just sex, but I have met people like my age at college who think it is. So I think it really varies on just how people have heard it and how they use the word, but I will say it does vary a lot. In my mind, hooking up could be like things other than sex, but I think to some people it's not. So it just depends on the person, I guess. I was just going to add, I think one thing that really makes hookup culture really like different than meeting people you like and like hooking up with them is this like lack of emotional connection or like a real desire to like be with that person specifically it's more like something that feels easy something that feels non-committal and you don't even have to really know the person that well before doing it and I think that's something that really stood out to me because in my mind when I was in high school and before I really knew about hookup culture, I always thought of that chain of operations that we were thinking about where it's like, see someone, you get to know them, you like them, you start talking to them, maybe you go on a date, then you hook up, then you maybe start dating or you start dating, then you hook up. But when I got to college, I realized it's almost inverted, like, you barely know someone, you hook up and then maybe you like each other enough to like hang out when you're not drunk or you're not at a party. And then it's like, wait, I actually like you as a person. Like maybe we should go on another date or be exclusive and then maybe start dating all the way at the end.
2: Okay, so parent red sirens go off. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) because this is what the parent is thinking. I know you guys know this. Danger, danger, danger. Is something bad gonna happen to my kid? So just by a show of hands, for the five people who are currently on this Zoom, how many of you think that that order of operations of hookup culture makes it more dangerous? Or have how many of you have had either personal experiences or friends who have had personal experiences where that feels dangerous versus how many of you think parents are overreacting with the danger response? So- dangerous. Raise your hand if it feels dangerous.
5: Wait, what do you mean by dangerous? Like emotionally or?
2: Great question. Raise your hand if it feels emotionally dangerous to you at all. Okay. I got three and then one, two, four and a half yeses. (laughs) Raise your hand if you think it could be physically dangerous to be part of hookup culture or is that parents overreacting? And I've got half. You've got a lot of waving
1: hands here, Everyone's a waving hand. Okay. Waving hands, meaning like a so-so response.
2: Katie clearly has something to say before we (laughs) move beyond hookup culture. And then Isabella. Okay. And then Isabella. And then we move on.
4: Yeah. So this word immediately, I don't know why I didn't say it when I first was speaking, but I know every single girl on this call is going to know what I'm talking about. A situationship. It's not a relationship. It's a situationship. And the thing about situationships is that it's all different situations so it's like for instance you can meet someone at a party and you have a great time and this is another thing though it's like you're drunk at a party like adrenaline's running high like hormones so it's like yeah like I'm gonna hook up with this person and then you know you can wake up in the morning and be like mm, maybe that wasn't the best idea or you wake up in the morning and you're like wow I really want to like Get to know this other person. So I think alcohol slash party life definitely has a decent influence on hookup culture, just because parties are where the hookup happens. Or you don't really like see someone like sober and be like, "Oh, hey, like, want to go hook up?" Like, no, it's more of like a heat in the moment. You're at a party, then you go hook up. So I would definitely say that goes along with it. But what I was gonna say under the umbrella term of situationship, there can be like hooking up, super casual, no emotional intimacy, no hanging out besides the hooking up. But then there can be exclusive hooking up where you're not hooking up with anybody else, but it's strictly hooking up. Or you can take the next step and you're hooking up, you're hanging out, but you're not exclusive. Like there's so many, that's why I say situationship is the best term
1: because there's so many
2: Okay, so just so for super clarity, I'm so confused. Wait, wait. Okay, I think I got it, Vanessa. I think not because
1: you guys are confusing. Because this is because life is confusing.
2: Okay, hookup culture is almost always tethered to intoxication. Does it have to be? No.
1: No. Okay. So, but it. Almost but always the majority
4: isn't. is, I would say, especially at college, not necessarily It's not school. like a
1: 10 a.m. smoothie and then like, yeah. let's grab a smoothie and go but, have like random uh, sex. Right.
2: But hanging out and talking do not have to be associated with yeah. intoxication. And talking just to be super clear with all of the adults who don't know this term does not actually mean doing what we're doing right it doesn't now. doesn't mean blah, mouths. blah,
1: blah, 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 blah. It does not. It right? means snapping. texting, texting, flirting, like kind of just
4: like engaging in a way that you wouldn't really engage with like a platonic person of whatever your sexual orientation is like without somebody who's like platonic. Like it's definitely a step up. There's definitely some flirt. There's definitely some like reading between the lines Some like euphemism is in there. Like that was I would say talking
2: is. Vanessa, I feel like I'm going to have to change my sentence when my kids are always like who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm
1: talking to Vanessa. (laughs) I I mean, you could do worse, Cara. So let's be honest. But I mean, okay. And it's also not necessarily sex, but it could be sex and it could be exclusive or not exclusive. All right. Isabella, you've been waiting patiently and then Rebecca, I need your input. So Isabella, unless you've changed your mind and you think we've gone too far.
6: No, I just think not to make things even more complicated. It's weird because I talk about this with my therapist a lot. Actually, the reversed order of operations that is now dating and our love lives and romance and whatever just doesn't make sense to me because you're, at least for me, being physically with someone is so vulnerable. It's like way more vulnerable than being emotionally vulnerable with someone. And it's like, how did we skip that emotional vulnerability, that like entire process of trusting someone and being like, I'm willing to literally have everything on the table right now. And like, we are completely vulnerable with each other, but how did we skip all of those steps to get to that point where you trust this person, which is really bizarre. And I don't have an answer to this. It's just something to think about. At least maybe someone else doesn't have an answer for this, but I ask myself this question all the time. Like, how can I so quickly like jump from one level of viewing a person to another one and immediately see them as, this? It's, it's really strange. But I just wanted to bring that up because it was like, I was in my
0: head about it for a while.
2: Okay, Rebecca, go.
0: So I have something else to say, but Isabella, you just made me think of something. And I don't think that it is natural. And I think everyone, or at least a large majority of people are sitting feeling the same way but this is kind of just what we've accepted. It wasn't until I started dating someone that I realized that I never enjoyed hooking up with anyone. And that the only reason I was doing it was because I'm an insecure person. And it felt like a level of validation that I needed from others. And so if someone was interested in hooking up with me, maybe that meant they liked me. And then I could tell myself like, oh, well, this person likes this about you. But Then I ended up feeling awful afterwards if they were no longer interested because I would sit here wondering, well, what did I do? What was it about me? And it really isn't about us as people. It's just hookup culture that makes it feel that way. And I don't know how you can trust someone. I realized that it made me struggle to trust people. And now I've learned how to trust someone because I like them as a person and I know that they care about me and I know why they're with me. But with other people, I never understood And so I think it is unnatural to answer your question, but also another thing that I think is really sad about hookup culture is it's really different for girls and boys. And I know that there are people in between, but what I've noticed is that girls who are engaging in hookup culture are slut shamed. And I've heard that word used by girls and boys.
1: Rebecca, can you explain what slut shaming is for the uninitiated of that charming term?
0: So at least in my experience, it's being made to feel bad about hooking up with people or being told you hook up with this many people, you're a slut, you don't have standards. Like you'll just get with anything that moves and anybody who is interested in hooking up with you can because you're easy. And so you're a slut.
2: So let me get this straight hookup culture. It leans into just humans being connected with other humans physically. And yet if you lean into hookup culture, you can be slut shamed and it doesn't happen consistently. It happens somewhat randomly and arbitrarily. I mean, from my experience
0: and at least at my school, I found that girls who are hooking up with people and they are not Looking for a relationship, they're slut shamed. That might differ outside of my social circle, but that's what I've experienced, which is really confusing because then when boys are hooking up with a lot of people, it's like, good for you, bro. Look at you. Like, you're getting those girls. But if it's the other way around, it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're such a slut. And I think it's just really unfortunate that that's. An experience that people are having because I think that you should be able to engage in it in the way that you want to and not have opinions from other people because it has nothing to do with anyone else. It's about what you're comfortable with.
2: Hey, it's Cara. We all know puberty isn't always easy. One of the trickiest pieces of the puberty puzzle is boobs. When will I get them? why are they so tender? And why does every bra out there seem to pull, push, pad, itch, scratch, or be so flimsy it doesn't do a thing? That's where UmLaw comes in. It's a company that makes puberty comfortable, a company I founded with my friend Julie. When our own daughters began the puberty journey, we couldn't find a decent starter bra anywhere. So we made one, it fits perfectly whether boobs are just starting to bud or they've been growing for a few years. We call it the Umbra, and it's game changing. The Umbra is made from buttery cotton that feels like second skin, ridiculously soft, and so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. Umbra's one of a kind support comes from its patented layered design that creates gentle compression without any tight binding. Which also means it doesn't need any bulky, awkward pads because it's built to seamlessly hide nipples and protect against those dreaded ouch moments throughout the day. Our daughters and their friends are done with puberty, but they still love and wear their umbras. It's why we say that the umbra may be your first bra, but it will definitely be your favorite bra. Come say hi, look around and find your umbra plus lots of other puberty info at myoomla.com. That's M Y O O M L dot com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend.
1: We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So
2: get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor Meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press,
1: pause, or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately, I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep. And I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky. And I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because
2: unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in
1: menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try
2: a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Can you guys comment on how this has changed from high school? Can you turn the clock back just a little to talk about relationship culture, hookup culture, dating culture in high school, and maybe just it'll be your own experience, but maybe it will be a bigger group experience. Let's go Amanda, then Katie.
5: For me, the main difference was that in high school, there were a lot less people in my grade and people that, I mean, I knew some people since pre-K. And it wasn't like we'd just meet at a party and be like, oh, let's go hook up. This is someone I've probably had classes with and probably have like known about their past hookups just because things like get talked about at a small school. And then when I got to college and there were suddenly thousands of people and, you know, you could meet someone who you've never heard of, it gives it some more anonymity. And that kind of, I think, makes it easier to engage in hookup culture because that is a big aspect of it is not actually knowing the person.
4: Yeah, Katie. I think my high school experience with hookup culture and dating kind of is like a little bit paradoxical, I'd say, just because I dated two people for over a year in high school. But in between and after, I definitely engaged in hookup culture and had situations. So I did both. And it's not like I had like a, you know, a minor relationship a couple months. Like I was with these people for over a year. So we were very close, like very, very much like real quote, real dating. But I would say mine was also different because I went to boarding school and boarding school is notorious for hookup culture. And the other thing is it's, I went to, so I went to a small school, a small boarding school and everyone's business was everybody else's business. So you could not keep a secret at schools like this and hookups were, you know, I mean, expected they were everywhere. Like as much as teachers tried to stop it, like you were never, ever going to stop a boarding school student from finding some way. And I also think that made it a little bit difficult because students would start going to any lengths. They would leave campus. They would go, they would go in the most absurd places. Like it became like almost like competition, like who can do the most outrageous, absurd thing with another person if like they're not dating and it's, it becomes its own like its own monster in itself, but I would definitely say there is a mix, and there are still people who do take you know relationships very seriously, and there's a bit a bit more of a traditional sense of dating and like boyfriend girlfriend and not just the hookup culture.
1: How do you guys think the pandemic impacted all of this? Like, do you think that the pandemic sent people off just like? Hooking up with anyone they possibly could because you guys were locked down? Do you think you, it made people more reluctant or reticent? Do you think it's like actually totally irrelevant to your realities? Yeah, Isabella, you start.
6: So, the pandemic happened at what my school describes as the prime time to get cuffed. So, this is when after your first year, you meet so many new people, and the pandemic happened at my end of first year. So, that's when you have college, right? College. Yeah. So that's when you've met all these people. And then usually at this point, this is when people have decided, okay, I'm interested in this person. Maybe I'll start dating this person or hooking up with this person or like settling down and being less like one night stand, like wild, like, oh, I'm meeting this person, like dance floor makeout session, like type of thing because everyone's starting to get to know each other. So as soon as everyone got sent home, I think COVID scared a lot of us, at least scared me. I didn't want to risk bringing back COVID to my family just because I wanted to hook up with someone. And also at this point, I wasn't in a relationship. I had just gone out of a relationship. It was really difficult because I was alone the whole time. But I also know on the other hand, a lot of my friends who are in relationships stayed in those relationships because it was convenient for them. And because they weren't hooking up with other people because of COVID reasons. So it was a weird time where everyone just kind of hit pause. And then now coming back from it, it's been absolutely chaotic. Everyone's broken up. It's like first year chaos all over again. It's like a restart and college for me as a junior, as seeing it sort of late junior year into like now my rising senior year. It's people are still in that same state of mind as they were as if they had come from like high school
1: if you guys could change like so you're not only living through this new hookup culture when you move cuz it sounds like Katie it sounds like you had hookup culture in high school Amanda it sounds like you less so cuz there was no anonymity and so it kind of like took off more in college where you were you know surrounded by lots of people but i'm curious if you guys could rewrite the rules of relationships. Like if you could either clarify hookup culture or somehow change the way things work, because we think of your generation as so empowered and like so able to speak your minds and kind of dictate the terms of your reality. And you're such activists. Like there's so many incredible characteristics. And yet when we talk about Hiccup culture, it feels kind of as you... Someone used the word paradoxical earlier. Like it feels like it's, there's a disconnect and it doesn't make sense. So like, I'm curious if you could rewrite it. What would you change? What would you hope would be differently? And like, what would you be like? Yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm down with it. It's like, this is the way it is. Yeah, Amanda.
5: I'm going to say this tentatively because it is really hypocritical, but I think it would be nice if people got with people because they liked them, not just because they wanted to get with a person or because they want to like play a game with them. And like I said, this is hypocritical. Like I've had hookups that I really regret just because I was at a party and I felt like it. But I think that would clear up a lot of the confusion around, like, do they actually like me? Do they want to see me again? Did they enjoy it? And you could just like have an open conversation if you actually like a person. But I don't think that's actually going to happen. I just think in theory, that would clear up some of the confusingness of hookup culture.
1: Sounds like the old days. <laughs> I mean, sort of. But bit. then in the old days, like people played games. It wasn't like what Rebecca was describing, like how long do I leave the snap unread? It was like, how long do I wait until, you know, I call someone back when I check my voicemail? Right. It's that um, scene from swingers. Right. Or my answering machine. Yeah. Peggy, do you want to add something?
3: Yeah. I love this conversation about like the game of like, how long do I take to respond to somebody? Because so much of the communication or the flirting, especially in the early stages takes over, text, social media, Snapchat, like DM, like whatever, like so little of it is face-to-face, which feels like a departure from what you're saying, how it used to be. And I personally, like, I hate the game. I refuse to play it. I won't wait to respond. Like if I'm interested in somebody, I will respond. And my friends are always like, my God, like you're so bold or like you're going to turn him off or something. And I think that's kind of backwards. Like if he's talking to me, it should be because he's interested in me. It shouldn't be a turning someone on or off something, especially if it's like, we're literally just going on dates and getting to know each other.
1: Katie, did you want to add something?
4: Yeah, so I wanted to go back to your original question, Vanessa, about what I changed. And I immediately thought of two things. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit to, you know, like the slut shaming thing. And I think like what you said, like our generation, like is so like, like self-advocacy and like, kind of like taking the power out of the word. So like, I know like, at least among my friends, and I know the experience isn't the same for anyone. Like I've had a really privileged life. I totally understand that. Like, but I have always been like pro slut, like be a slut, like take the power out of the word. Like when I'm out with my friends, it's like dress slutty, not so I can hook up just so I look sexy. You know what I mean? So it's all taking the power. It's like, yeah, like I'm going to own it. Like I really don't care. If I could change it, I would take the derogatory term out of like man whore or like slut and then do away with that because I think that would be the major thing that I would change.
1: That narrative is fascinating and mystifying to older people in your life. And like, we totally hear you saying it and we know that you feel it and believe it and it feels empowering. And also when we see... (laughs) kids with their ass cheeks hanging out of their jean shorts were like, "Eh, oh my God. Or like, you know, just boobage everywhere with like tiny, tiny tops. So this is hard for us. Like we hear you and we support you and we respect you and we love you. And it's really confusing to us. Like we don't get it, but we want to get it. Right. Even the language, like even
2: owning the word slut, And not having a negative, you know, trying to unstigmatize the word slut or, you know, I I will never forget the first time I taught a group of kids and all the guys in the room were calling each other bitch. And I was like, what is happening poor here? Little Cara. Poor little right? Kara, poor innocent little Kara. I, so comp- <laughs> I was so turned around by the language because it was not feminized and it was not negative. It was, I don't know what it was. So we have a lot to learn from all of you. Rebecca, go.
0: I completely agree with Katie. I know my friends and I are the same way. We like to hype each other up before we're going out or tell each other that we look good. Or even say like, oh, go hook up with someone tonight. Go be a little slut. But we don't mean it in a mean way. It's like more of an encouragement. But I think it's different when it's coming out of somebody's mouth in a negative way. And I think that's where it's really unfortunate. And that's where hookup culture needs to be changed. Because we shouldn't be speaking on other people's actions and judging them for it. I think if you want to speak up about hookup culture be encouraging, be even protective of a friend, but don't shame someone for what they're doing because clearly it's a very confusing culture. And it's not like we were given a rule book of how to figure it out. I think we're all just trying and creating our own rules. So I don't think that there's room for judgment in something that makes absolutely no sense.
2: For other kids and for adults, right? I mean, that advice that you're giving, don't shame.
1: This is our next book. Don't shame. What yeah. the F is hookup culture? Discuss. <laughs> because did you see how I stopped myself from actually using the F word? Kara, aren't you proud of me? Wait, Amanda, you were going to say something. Hold on. We um, Or did someone else say it?
5: No, it was up a while ago and the topic kind of faded out, but it was about what Peggy was talking about and this whole concept of the game. And I think one way I view it is If you like for me, once I play the game with someone, it's kind of like, oh, we can never date. We can never be in a serious relationship because we played the game. And now it's where we have this weird like, oh, we're just hooking up. We played the game. We're like kind of scheming each other. And Now it's just weird if we date.
1: Because there's no trust.
5: Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, that they're just playing you because they're probably talking to other people, too, or they're trying to come off a certain way. And they're trying to deceive you in some way, because why else would you? play this weird game of not being your true self and not responding when you want to or saying what you want does,
2: to. Does the friend zone still exist? Is that still a thing? Yeah. Does yeah. it? Because when Kara says it, it feels like it's <laughs> it definitely does really doesn't. Doesn't. No, because this sounds like the sexualized version of the friend zone. Like we've hooked up and now you're in this zone and it would have been the friends, like you're stuck. That's where, right? But it's the not
1: friends, it's the friends with benefits zone. Can Maybe. you stay friends with people after you hook up with them? Yes. Emphatic yes. nods. Cue okay. yeah. emphatic nods. Okay.
6: It depends because at least for me, a lot of my situationships turn into... If it's ongoing, if it's an ongoing situationship, feelings are always involved. Like I just don't think that's avoidable. If you're going to be so vulnerable, if someone spends so much time with someone, even if it isn't like going out on dates, you're still spending that time with this person. And it's hard to, at least in my personal experience and for some of my friends, it's hard to have a really long term. I've had a friends with benefits situation since my first year of college. So it's been like three years and it's very difficult for us to just stay friends because we've just have always seen each other in this light since day one. So it's, Really strange, and we also decided to just never date. We're in that friends with benefits zone that you were talking about, just to never get to that point. So it's a weird in between.
5: I have a question for the fellow college people here Would you be friends with benefits with someone and then date them, or do you think that's kind of off the table once you have the friends with benefits situation?
0: I personally think that if you're friends with benefits with someone and then you start dating. It just means that you guys were friends and then you maybe started hooking up, not because you were just attracted to each other, but also because there was that friendship. But I also don't really understand what friends with benefits is with someone if you have that interest in taking it further, because it's like that's not friends with benefits. At least for me, I've found that friends with benefits really only works if you're friends, but you're not too good of friends that it does get emotional and that there are feelings. Like you have that acquaintance, so you know each other, but not too much because then it gets too complicated. You don't go to each other's birthday parties. No. Oh, is that
6: like, no, a, clear, like, that's like
1: a clear line? Like you don't <laughs> go to each other's birthday parties because that's a sign that you're like together.
0: I feel like you're just there to go home with each other, but you also... Find the other one nice, but you just don't really expect anything or want anything out
1: of it. Oh my God, this is so fascinating. Wait, so knowing that everyone has a different personality and a different engagement when they walk into a room, right, what is a piece of advice that could help keep someone safe? And because you guys were more concerned about emotional safety than physical safety. So we're going to focus on that. What is a piece of advice that could help a younger adolescent moving towards this reality What could help keep them emotionally safe? Is that a good reframe? And Amanda, you can think, we can circle back with you because, like, you have a lot of pressure because you're protecting your younger sister. So we're going to, we can circle back. Katie, do you want to start?
4: Yeah. So my younger brother is actually entering middle school this year. He's going to be in fifth grade. But one thing that's really broad, and I feel like this can be applied in a lot of different scenarios, is do what you want to do and do it for yourself. And you can say this in college, like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to find someone. And if we want to have sex, I'm going to have sex. But I'm not going to have sex for them. I'm going to have sex for me. Or if, you know, you're in high school, it's like, you know, like, they asked me to go on a date. I don't really feel like it. So I'm not going to force myself to go. I'm not going to go. Middle school. Oh, like, so-and-so wants to talk to you or, like, hug you or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's just like, if you don't want to, don't. And if you do, do it for yourself and not because somebody else wants you to do it. That would be my best advice for all ages.
1: So that's so great. Rebecca.
0: Echoing what Katie said, I would say just do what makes you comfortable and prioritize yourself. I would say always remember, it's not going to be fun all of the time or always make sense, but don't think that you're doing anything wrong as long as you stay true to yourself. I think that's the most important part. And also despite everything we've said, about how weird hookup culture is and like how negative it can be. It can also be really fun. And I think that that's something to remember as well.
1: There were emphatic nods and some snaps when Rebecca said that also. I love bringing back the snap, Katie. That's awesome. Isabella, what do you think?
6: Yeah, I mean, going along those lines this is very adult and very mature and I still don't even do this a hundred percent. But if I were younger and started this earlier, maybe this would change things for me now, but I wish I was very vocal and very true to myself when I was communicating, just like straight up, like upfront, like no game, just these are my boundaries. This is what I want. And this is what I'm comfortable with. And so you have to respect that. And if you don't no, we don't want that. Right. Like,
1: What stopped you from doing that before? What do you think the barrier was for you to not take that approach?
6: For me, it was the validation. I know we mentioned it during this conversation about how a lot of hookup culture is also about validation. And I think being the people pleaser I am and looking for that validation, I just like was so scared of making the person I was hooking up with upset, even though it was this is also like my space. It was weird. Like, I just, I wish I was way more direct with like, this is what I want and this is what I'm comfortable with. And like, if you don't want that, let's just end it now. Like, there's no point of like holding on to something that you don't, I'm not going to
2: enjoy. Peggy, what about you? What's your advice?
3: I would tell myself that it's really all just a learning experience. I think with emotions and feelings, it's really easy to get very wound up, at least for myself and to take things really seriously. And that's not to say that relationships don't deserve that kind of gravity or attention because there's definitely like relationships where it is more than warranted and be protective of yourself and your emotions and be respectful to whoever you're engaging with. But it is confusing at the end of the day and no matter which direction it goes, you're going to learn something about yourself, whether you realize it in the moment or not. And it's only going to serve you for the future.
1: Amanda, are you ready? Yeah,
5: I'm going to echo what people said about putting yourself first. Don't do things because you think other people want you to or because you think it'll please them because even though you might get some instant gratification and like validation from that in the long term, it's not going to be good for you. And I know it's hard to keep that in mind when everyone's like, you should get with this person, but if you really don't want to like put yourself first and put your desires first.
2: You guys are remarkable. We love there are you. Lot, You're there amazing. Are so <laughs> many reasons why we like working with you. And <laughs> I just, I think everyone will see those so clearly. We always wrap our podcasts with a takeaway. And I think those takeaways that you just gave spoke volumes, and there isn't a ton more for us to say, but I'll just give two quick comments to wrap up on my end. The first is that the word situationship is the greatest word I've ever heard in my entire life. And my kids are just going to roll their eyeballs into the deep recesses of their head. Oh my God. They're so screwed, Cara. Now that you know that word. Yeah. Peggy got me really into the word awesome. And now it's going to be awesome (laughs) situationships, which is really (laughs) excellent. The other thing is that every single one of you, your advice to younger kids was about them figuring out and voicing what they want. And as someone who's a parent listening to that, what it tells me is that when we're raising kids, we need to raise them to be able to figure out what they want, right? And sometimes we do a really good job of telling them what we want. But I think what I'm taking from this conversation so loud and clear, and you have all been so incredibly articulate and thoughtful about it, is that actually... What we need to do more of is help our kids figure out what they want, because then they can follow your advice
1: and go out and do it. I love that. That's so great. And miraculously, we're not competing over the same topic. My takeaway is that hookup culture is confusing. There's no one definition amongst this group that it's actually an umbrella term that encompasses like a huge amount of variety in terms of interpersonal relationships, sexuality, intimacy, drinking, drugs, everything. And hookup culture is really just like the modern reality you all are facing and living with and figuring out how to advocate for yourselves within that situation. So I am super grateful because this is something we talk about all the time and I feel a lot less ignorant And I feel super appreciative of your willingness to be honest and vulnerable and open. And as ever, you have taught us so much about your truth and your reality. And we are just so, so grateful. So thank you all for being such wise, wonderful humans. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow
2: us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at the puberty podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at the puberty at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myumla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye.